Hello, and thanks for tuning in to the Growing Pains podcast brought to you by Honey Kids Asia. This podcast will delve into the deeper challenges of modern parenting and provide a safe space for parents to unravel and detangle the messy and sometimes scary world of modern parenting. My name is Ange. I'm an Aussie expat who has called Singapore home for the last eight years and counting. I'm a mum to two boys, Xavier, who is 10, and Marcel, who is eight. In this episode of the Growing Pains podcast, we're talking to Rachel Lim, who is the mum of one little boy, Ollie, and the founder of the hugely successful local women's wear brand, Love Benito. We'll be talking to Rachel about the importance of self-love and remembering to make time for yourself alongside playing that important role of mum. Enjoy. Hello, Rachel. It's so lovely to have you on our podcast. Thanks so much for chatting with us. So first up, I know some of our listeners will already know a lot about you because of Love Benito, of course, uh, but it would be great if you could share a little bit about yourself. Yeah, thank you so much, Angela, for having me. I'm Rachel. I'm the co-founder of Love Bonito. Um, so, yeah, a little bit about myself. I am a mom of one, Ollie. Uh, Ollie is uh, 20 months now. Uh, it's been an incredible journey building Love Bonito over the last 12 years. Um, also a journey that, you know, with a lot of ups and downs and one that I've learned so much from. Uh, and I think, you know, for me in the next stages as well, as I continue to build Love Bonito, I, I also um, continuously evolve and want to see how I can, you know, make a greater impact on the everyday women through learning with her, growing with her, developing with her, uh, so that, you know, we can fulfill our fullest potential in life. Mm. So before we talk about motherhood, tell us about your first baby, Love Bonito. How did the brand, you know, come about? So we started off officially 17 years ago, Angela. And you must know during that time, like um, online shopping, social media was unheard of. There's yes. nothing like what it is today, right? Mm. There was no smartphones even, right? Um, back then, a couple of my friends and I came together because we wanted to sell our pre-loved clothes online on a live journal platform for extra pocket money. We were still in school then and, you know, um, I didn't come from a rich family um, and and I just needed extra pocket money. So that was what we did, selling our pre-loved clothes, um, secondhand clothes uh, to get some money. And after a while of doing that, we ran out of clothes to sell. So, um, you know, with people kept coming back for more so we decided to use the money that we had saved to go overseas to import clothes to sell mm. so that was what we did for a while um during school term breaks weekends with the money that we had saved um, but while doing that i've always realized that there was something missing from the pieces that we brought in the designs were either not really suitable for the asian women there was something i really wanted to change about the quality the fit um even the pricing right uh, and back then, you also realized that the international brands um, were catering primarily to the American European women mm. who have very different needs, body proportions, skin tones from us Asian women. So in my final year of university with no fashion, no business, no design background, decided to drop out of school to start the business proper with my co-founders. Um, and that was also a tricky part because I was bonded to the government and therefore had to, you know, borrow a five-figure sum from my mom to pay off the, the bond before I could start the business. And that was also the year that my dad was going through bankruptcy because of the Asian financial crisis. So... 
it was tough. My, my mom was already working two jobs to support the family. And I only realized later that the amount of money that I loaned from her was her entire life savings. So it was really tough. And, um, and I'm so grateful that she took that leap of faith with me. And I remember back then, 12 years ago, she was still asking me, is what you're doing legal? Will the authorities come after you? Why are people transferring money to you before they see their products or receive their products. So I'm truly grateful for, you know, her belief and leap of faith. And I guess that's one of the reasons that, you know, and uh, made me, you know, convicted that, you know, I had to make this work and I couldn't fail. So it's been an incredible 15-year journey since. Mm. And how have things changed for you since welcoming your little boy, Ollie? Wow, things have changed so much, right? I knew I've always wanted to be a mom. Uh, I grew up with a family of two brothers. I'm the mm. middle child. And I grew up with 14 other cousins. Um, big family. Big family. And mm. I've always loved, you know, growing up together with them. They have also, growing up with them have shaped me to become who I am today. So I've always known I wanted to start a family. Um, but it was just a matter of when, right? And I have been pushing back this decision for a long time because of the fear that this commitment or this responsibility will take away my time from building the business. Mm. And I always thought that, you know, I will do it when the time is right, when the time is right. And I kept pushing it back. But I realized, you know, that there is no perfect time. And I just decided to, you know, um, try. Mm. And, and, and that was it. And, and, and I mean, having Ollie in my life has changed my entire life. It's given me such a different perspective. Yes, also really helped me, you know, see the importance and values of, you know, my priorities and what I really need to focus on in the different seasons of my life. So I think, yeah, I mean, over the last 20 months, it has truly changed the way I have viewed life and I have lived life. Mm -hmm. It is definitely the most change you can have as a woman, right? It is. is becoming a parent for the it first is. time. And it really changed like all aspects of my life, yes. right? From the way I view work, the way I view my marriage, the way I view, you know, my life and what I want out of it at the end of the day. Mm. For once, Angela, I find that I feel I've realized that there is something more important than work. Mm. And that's amazing for me and it's such an eye opener for me. Mm. Yeah. Has it been a challenge to manage parenthood alongside running a successful business? Yes, it definitely mm. has. And it's something I'm still learning to navigate. It's something I'm still learning to juggle. Um, and I think sometimes as, I mean, as women, we have so much expectations of ourselves and there's so much expectations that the world has on you, right? And I think sometimes it's also reminding myself to really tune into myself and check in with myself, you know, and to ensure that in in whatever season that I'm in, I will remember to take care of myself so that I can pour from, from I, I don't pour from an empty cup. So I think mm. that's something that's very important for me. Um, and I think for me, one of the biggest lessons I've learned so far in my journey, you know, being a mom is not be afraid to ask for help. Because I truly believe that it takes a village to raise a child and it takes a village to build a strong business. And that's something that I'm so incredibly grateful for, a strong village at home. 
to help take care of Ollie when I'm at work and a strong village at work to help take care of, you know, my business when I'm with Ollie um, and, and, and to allow me to also fully be present and flourish as a mom. So I think that's something that I've been so grateful for. So asking for help has been something that I have been learning to be unashamed of mm. and, I've learned, and I've learned to really just know, be open and be honest and just seek help for. Mm. I know that was probably the hardest thing for me when I yeah. had my first son, Saviour, who's now, you know, 10. Wow. And my little one, Marcel, I say little, he's eight. <sighs> but the hardest thing for me was asking for help. Yeah. And, you know, you go back to work yeah. and you're trying to do really well at work, but you've got babies at home yeah. and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's still ongoing for yeah. me, the struggle of when do I allow someone, you know, but I'm getting better at that because we are so hard on ourselves as women sometimes yeah. in terms of wanting to excel at everything and you just can't sometimes, you yes, know, it's, it's just true. too much for one person to be able to to achieve. Yeah. Um, you shared on your Instagram that it's really important not to lose your identity when mm. becoming a mum. And I'm sure many of us have experienced this when we've become, well, when we became parents. Mm. What's your advice for other mums, especially new mums, mm. because it is such a big change all at once, it is. for making sure, you know, that you can maintain your own identity? Yeah, it's true. And I think this is something I also think, think about a lot and mm. struggle with. One thing that I've learned is also that in the different seasons of our lives, we juggle different balls, different kinds of balls, right? So um, one day, one of my mentors told me, you know, Rach, in different seasons, you need to recognise um, the balls that you're juggling, which one of them are made of glass and which one of them are made of rubber. Mm. So for the rubber ball, you can afford to drop them temporarily because they will bounce back up and it will still be the same. Um, but for the glass ball, you know, once you drop it, you must be prepared that it would shatter and it it would never be the same again. So I, I I go into motherhood and life today with that consciousness and being very, you know, aware that something has to give. Mm. And and it's okay, right? And I think we all go through different seasons. And number one is being able to recognize the season that I'm in mm. and to recognize which is the glass ball that I absolutely cannot drop and which are the rubber balls that I can let it drop. In, in that season. So I think that has helped me tremendously in also really identifying, especially for the first four months of being a mom, you know, I had to learn to put, you know, that career hat aside for a bit and be okay with that and learn that, you know, my security or my identity comes from more than just being a co-founder of Love Bonito. Mm. And I, I think it was such um, a personal journey where I really had to, you know, question myself, you know, talk to myself, you know, and be completely aware and honest with myself about, you know, where, you know, um, what my season is during this period and to honour it completely and not compare myself to others in their seasons because it's so easy for us to look to the right and look to the left sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that has been something that has been instrumental in helping me recognise the season that I'm in and also to recognise that we are ultimately multifaceted women. There is no one role or no one responsibility that, you know, identifies us completely. So I think that's something that, you know, I've been learning to also um, 
toggle with. And I think it's really keeping that tight tension at the end of the day. Um, I, I think, you know, sometimes when we talk about, you know, what is our identity as a, a woman in this season with new responsibilities, it's also not about, a lot of times, we, you know, women say, oh, but isn't it selfish if you think about your aspirations, aspirations and your dreams while having a kid? Mm. And I think it's really not at the end of the day. I think in order for us to sustain in the long run, because it's a journey, right? A child is going to be with us for the rest of our lives. It's not just a three-year responsibility, you know. And I think in order for us to, you know, sustain throughout, uh, it's also important to recognize, you know, ultimately what are your dreams and aspirations and how are you and I going to work towards that while bringing our kid along with us. So I think it takes a lot of balance, whatever balance means for me in this season. So yeah, it's actually, you know, I think it's a lot of, self-reflection, talking it through, whether is it with your loved one, with your closest friends that you trust, or even with a therapist. I think that has helped me tremendously. Mm. And I do think we can be so fixated on looking after our child, particularly when it's the first one. Yeah. And we forget about ourselves. Yeah. And for our children to thrive, we need to be thriving as well. And that means having something for ourselves. It's, yeah. And it really, I mean, when they're little, it is, they're so needy yeah. and they're so much more yeah. all-encompassing in, in terms of that. But yeah. as they get older, you know, I want the kids to see, oh, mummy's got things for herself. Yeah. She has purpose. She yeah. derives, you know, joy she from this. She finds fulfillment. Yeah. And I think they can only benefit from that, right? Yes. Uh, having a fulfilled joyful mom yes. who can really then pour into them and their lives. So that's why I think it's so important, you know, to really think through this this period and the question about identity, right? Mm-hmm. It's also something that I speak a lot to a lot of moms. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes they feel bad that they have to give up, you know, certain projects and work trips. Well, everyone has a different situation. And I'm not saying that all of us should always say yes to work, but mm-hmm. I think it's important to recognize the season that we're in. And if you do feel that at this point in time, it's okay to let go for a bit you know in certain aspects and it's okay to take on certain things for yourself then just do it and and I think mom guilt is something that is only natural yes. but I think it's also important to have self-compassion at the end of the day which is something that women struggle with it's very hard for us to be compassionate to ourselves um, and, and I think that's something I'm still also learning and hoping to yeah learn from other women as well mm. As well as trying to prioritise ourselves and thinking about making time for us as individuals, as parents, we often can struggle to make time for our relationships. Uh, I know that you recently shared about the 15 measures of a strong and healthy relationship, which was, I know, outlined by um, a marriage counsellor. Could you talk us through, obviously not all of them, but but, you know, maybe some of them or, or the yeah. ones that resonated the most with you. Yeah, and I love that. Uh, you know, when I came across this um, relationship count therapist, right, and uh, uh, on social media, mm. and one thing that hit me really hard was, I, I think I really resonated with this post and that, that's why I shared it with my community as well because a lot of times, and especially, you know, when we get sucked into the hustle and bustle of life, we think that a, rela- a, a successful relationship relationship is defined by, you know, not having arguments or, you know, the number of times you have sex or, Mm -hmm. you know, um, I don't know, just little, maybe to me, a little bit more superficial in my opinion or at least, you know, not the most accurate um, measures of how healthy our relationships are. And I am guilty of that too, right? I thought that, oh my God, if we haven't argued for the last 
six months. Oh, we're definitely in a good place. But actually, are we really having honest conversations mm. about what's bothering us or something that's been weighing on us? And that's why when I came across this post, it really resonated with me. And I really pulled Leo out for a bit to really talk through each of the questions. And if I can go through some of them, right? I mean, mm. it's also very important questions where we want to be honest with ourselves to see if we can answer it, right? Like, um, do you do you know what's going on in each other's daily lives. And I think that's so important. You know, Angela, one day my husband pulled me out and it was almost like he calls it a cry for help because he said, I actually, you know, ever since we had Ollie for a bit, there was a period where he told me, I actually don't really know what's going on in your life and at mm. your work anymore. And I had to find out through LinkedIn posts or your social media. And, and, and I could really see the almost like the hurt in his eyes and to me I was like oh my god wow and 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 it also really made me reflect on you know what's been important to me like why is it that my husband has to hear that I have a store opening for example you know on social media then hearing from the, his wife and it's little things like that that really made me rethink for example you know things like do you do we really know what's going on in each other's lives it's not just about coming back you know checking in on Ollie is, is everything okay Ollie or, or updating on Ollie and then you know going to bed good night I love you and that's a happy relationship mm. no and that's why this post really resonated with me and you know for example um, some other questions are if possible do you give each other quality time every day? And it doesn't have to it doesn't have to be intimidating, like you know, um half an hour or so. It can just be a simple 15 minutes before we go to bed. Are you emotionally attuned to each other? Mm-hmm. And these are things that during the time we went through, I found it hard to say yes to a lot of things. And that's when I knew that, oh my god, I really have to reprioritize and and really look at it before uh, this escalates into something much bigger. So that was why I shared it. And I think so many times, especially for me, maybe um, as a mom, I prioritize Ollie, I prioritize my career, I prioritize my work. And I take for granted that my marriage will always be there but it might not be that way. So this was a really important reminder for me. Mm. Which is so the point, isn't it? That because we've been in a relationship for so long and we've had yeah. children, you assume, oh, yeah. everything's fine, but you still have to work and yeah. communicate. It's so it's so true. And I know um, having read some of the, the tips as well, it's just, it's very simple advice, mm. but sometimes you need to hear those yeah. simple tips to remind you, oh, yes, it's not just about our child yeah. or our careers. Yeah. We have to be spending time that's meaningful with each other, right? Yeah, it has to be like really intentional and mm. not leave it to chance. Yeah. Do you have any top tips yourself for maintaining a healthy relationship alongside the juggle of motherhood and career? So one thing that I've realised recently um, is that, you know, at work, we have one-on-one catch-ups. We, we pencil in one-on-one catch-ups with our direct reports or our leads. Or even, for example, like Dion and myself who runs the business with me, my CEO, we pencil in catch-up on a weekly basis where we set aside time, set aside everything else that's weighing on our mind and just give each other that 60 minutes to talk through, you know, what's weighing on our hearts. You know, how can we help each other do better? Uh, is there something that's troubling me? Or, you know, any feedback that we have for each other or mm. any requests for help that we have. And that, for me, I realise that has been so helpful in being Building that professional, personal relationship, giving each other that space to 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 be heard and to be seen. 
And then I asked myself, oh my god, actually, why don't I why why don't I do that? Or why don't we do that in our personal relationships with like my husband? And so that's something ever since, you know, um the, the time he brought up the issue of, you know, not feeling connected to me and, and intimate in that sense, right? Emotionally intimate. That was when I decided, okay, why don't I actually try to apply this also? Setting aside that habit where, you know, we're away from work. Mm. Even if it's just 30 minutes going to the cafe opposite, just to sit down, not be distracted by Ollie crying or because I live with my in-laws, not be distracted by them, you know, pulling us in different directions mm. and just give that 30 minutes to each other to catch up, to talk through, you know, how's it been this way? Is there something that I can do to help you thrive or do better? Is there something that you would like to give me feedback for? And I think that to me is something that we just started but has been instrumental. And I was just wondering how come I didn't think about it earlier, but that has been... a one habit that has also helped us at least, you know, be more intentional with mm. each other. It's so important. And it's, again, so simple, but it it's true. I mean, I go on walks with my husband and that's where we can have yeah. our conversations. Yeah. Because then it's like, well, we're killing two birds with one stone. We're kind of exercising. exercising. But also yeah. when you're walking or, do, you know, the phone's not around. Yeah, the there phone's aren't not around. the You're kids not aren't upstairs asleep in their beds. You know, there aren't those distractions that it's no one's fault, but they they do interrupt yeah. your kind of they conversations. Do. Yeah, um, yeah. So, but it's it's really important because again, for the kids to be healthy and happy, where possible, you want your relationship to continue to grow and be healthy and happy as well. Absolutely. Um, I'd also love to hear more about your other daily practices. Uh, again, you mentioned on your Instagram that you make a daily commitment to do something for yourself yeah. that strengthens you mentally, mm-hmm. physically, emotionally and spiritually. Yeah. Uh, it'd be wonderful if you could give us some examples and maybe tell us why you made yeah. the decision to make this for commitment. Sure. Mm. You know, Angela, I truly believe that the biggest in, the biggest investment that we can make is in ourselves. Mm. And at the end of the day, I think, well, all on this journey where I think my biggest fear is one day when I die and, you know, I assume I'm going to heaven. <laughs> so when I go to heaven and then, you know, God tells me, oh, um, what have you done with your life? Because this is who you could have become or this is the impact you could have made, you know, if only you had been mm. more intentional. And I truly believe that we shouldn't leave growth to chance. We shouldn't just, you know, let life pass us by and hope that along the way we pick up certain mindsets, put up certain skills or strengthen our mental muscles. That's why, you know, since like four years ago, I decided that every day I'm going to invest in myself mm. emotionally, mentally, spiritually, physically, even if it's simple things like taking the stairs instead of taking the lift. That's physical. Emotionally, I'm going to be very attuned to myself. How At the end of the day, it's just a simple check-in. How did I feel today? Why did I feel this way? You know, like I was frustrated maybe okay but why what exactly caused me to be frustrated you know um mentally you know even some things like you know a workout right like holding a plank for 10 more seconds it's also strengthening my mental muscle yeah uh spiritually i pray i practice gratitude and i think that shifts my mindset completely to you know not having a mindset of lack but a mindset of abundance which then you know sets me up for facing my challenges for the next days and things like that. So I think little, little things like that also help build me up and, you know, store up reserves so that when the tough times come, at least I know I can dig into something that I've trained up during the good days. So I think that's something that have been hugely beneficial at the end of the day 
to me and it's really, really simple and it doesn't have to be intimidating, like even reading. Even mm-hmm. if I start with just 10 minutes a day, you know, keeping that habit, showing up for myself, keeping the promises to myself, I realized that it has immense and tremendous value, more than just expanding my mind, but also in building my self-confidence that, hey, my identity is I'm a learner, I'm a reader. And also, I keep my promises to myself. So that builds my self-esteem, self-belief and self-confidence. So I think all these are little things that actually can go a long way for us. Mm. And the incremental so it it probably doesn't seem as daunting right if exactly it's just every day this little yeah. little so edge forward you're right so it's not mm. like every day 30 minutes heat workout which to be honest scares me even right yes. so even it's like <laughs> taking the stairs you know um a lighting you know maybe 100 meters before your actual destination little things like that also you know sh- yeah it's, it are also signs of us showing up for ourselves you're listening to the Honey Kids Podcast Growing Pains. I'm your host, Ange Neo. Did you know that over half a million mums and dads read Honey Kids every month? Amazing but true. If you'd like to know all the great things to do in Singapore, then you absolutely need to subscribe to our newsletter. It delivers the best of Singapore right into your inbox every week. So Rachel, you've reflected on how there's so much advice out there on how to be, in inverted commas, happy Mm. and pressure to follow, you know, popular advice, such as the, again, in inverted commas, the 5am club, (laughs) even though it might not be right for you. Do you think it's the same when it comes to parenting? Absolutely. Mm. I believe at the end of the day, you know, there's so much that the world tells us to do to become you know yes. and even from the beginning when I first started out um, the world would the, 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 there's a kind of media glamorized leaders like your Steve Jobs your Mark Zuckerberg and for a long time when I just started out I thought in order to succeed or to be a good leader to build a strong organization I had to be like them mm. and for example the 5am work club I thought in order to succeed I had to practice the 5am, waking up at 5am, starting my day. Actually, it's waking up at 3am, starting my day, working out at 5am. And I and I honestly tried it with the hopes that, you know, oh my God, it would transform me in my life. Mm. Only to realise that I felt so out of place and I felt that it did, it, countered, it was counterproductive instead. And that's when I started to really dig deep, you know, like I was trying to just extract the essence out of, you know, all these um tips and concepts out there Mm. to really understand, okay, what is it at the end of the day? It's, you know, like taking time to spend with yourself, not be distracted. Like waking up early is because you want to take time out to spend with yourself and you want to start working out. One of the first things in the morning is to start working out, for example. So I think for me, it's also weaving that into the fabric of who I am and what makes sense for me in that season. Well, before I was married, before oh, sorry, before I had Ollie, well, it was definitely easier to do a lot of things mm-hmm. at the beginning of the morning. But right now, it's so different and I just have to understand this is the season that I'm in. How can I still incorporate activities that I know would strengthen me at the end of the day, right? And I think a lot of the times, you know, even for example, the example of, you know, uh, what kind of leader to be. A lot of times, it's so easy to fall prey to, okay, I have to be like that because she was or he was like that and he succeeded. And that's why in my journey, it has been so instrumental in me in really digging, dig, understanding mm-hmm. and tuning into myself. Like, who am I actually? What are the different gifts and talents that I have been, have been blessed with? Because that's one thing that I really believe. I truly believe that 
all of us, you and I, are gifted with a very different talent, strength, and superpower. And we're all meant to make an impact in this world differently at the end of the day. And the uniqueness of that is some, is, is exactly what makes it so beautiful, the diversity of that. And so for me, it's really spending time understanding what that is, right? By constantly reflecting, tuning in, um, getting feedback from people, um, doing all the different kinds of tests out there that help me understand myself a lot better, why I'm wired this way. Like, for example, my husband and I were so different. We're such different people, such different leaders. Mm. Um, the way what recharges us is also so different. He, you know, working out for him at 5 a.m. in the morning, 100% works, but it doesn't work for me at all, right? Um, so I think for me, it's also not to beat myself up and to really understand and tune in and uncover all that noise at the end of the day and understand that, hey, you know what? This is me. This is how I'm different. And this is what works for me. And I don't have to, to, to just follow blindly what the world expects or coins success is at the end of the day. Mm. My definition of success is by this quote that I love from this American philosopher, Ralph Waldo Emerson. And he said, to be yourself in a world that's constantly trying to make you something else is the greatest accomplishment in life. He didn't say that the greatest accomplishment in life is to earn your first million or to, to buy the, the house of your dreams. But he said to be yourself in a world that's constantly trying to make you something else. Now that's the greatest accomplishment. And that's my definition of success at the end mm -hmm. of the day. That, you know, I want to encourage um everyone to be able to really tune into ourselves and not be pressured by the world and to really understand what works for you and just go with it and don't be pressured by what my peers are doing. I know it's tough, but it really takes a lot of intentionality, a lot of discipline. And this is something that can be built up daily. Mm. And we also know if you follow your passions or the things that you're good at, you're much more likely to thrive than if you push yourself into a path that's, yeah. you know, built on, you know, parents' yeah. aspirations yes. or friends or partner or whoever yeah. it is. Mm -hmm. So, And we can't all be good at the or same society thing. society expectations. 100%, mm -hmm. yeah. Particularly mm -hmm. for women at the moment, you know, there's so much pressure to be, you know, to have a career so and to be things. a good parent yeah. and to, you know, so, and it's hard to do all those things. And yeah, yeah it's it so hard. true. Uh, you also talk about reframing how we think about things from you know, I have to do it, to I get to do it. How has this helped you when it comes to motherhood? It was such a simple yet profound concept I read mm. in a book one day. And it changed, it's, it was like a switch that changed everything for me. I used to, you know, ever since going back to work from Ollie, especially in the first few months, I really struggled because I felt that, oh my God, I have to pump again. I have to bring all that milk home, I have to rush back to feed Ollie, I have to stay up late to complete my work because Ollie couldn't sleep well. And then it made me unconsciously bitter and mm. unhappy. Mm. And when I read this, I was like, oh my God, if only I could just reframe, I get to pump, I get to bring all this milk home for Ollie, I get to rush home to feed Ollie, I get to work late at night, you know, and, and do what I love and contribute. And and, and I realised that it changed everything for me in the way I viewed my responsibilities, the season that I'm in. And it's actually such a simple switch. So till today, you know, while I'm still, you know, learning to get better and, and learning to constantly reframe um, with things that I get anxious about, for example, 
I'm really anxious about an upcoming trip I have to Hong Kong that I have to serve quarantine for three plus four days for and actually only be there for two days. Oh, so wow. that, that 10 days away is giving me a lot of anxiety because it's being away from Ollie when I didn't really have to be away for 10 days. I just needed to be away for two days or three days. And I think I'm just consciously trying to reframe, you know, and just trying to see the positivity, the, the positive aspect out of it. I... I'm very like for me. I was I was struggling to go from I have to quarantine for seven days and be away from Ollie to I get to quarantine for seven days and be away from Ollie. I'm yes. just trying to see the good, <laughs> the positive side. That, okay, I'm get I get to spend time myself. I get to catch yes. up on some sleep. I get to recharge. It's gonna be really painful, but I think it's simple things like that that also really help me to, you know. Just focus on the positive side mm. of things, which is so important at the end of the day because I believe that life is 10% what happens to us and 90% how we respond, how we react mm. and how we perceive it. And so for me, that has been important throughout my journey, whether as a mom, as a woman juggling different kinds of responsibilities. And mindset, it's so true that if you at least try. There are times when things are hard and you can't always be positive about yeah. everything. But if you come at things from a, okay, what what can I take out of this that is going to be either an achievement or maybe it's a, oh, okay, I accomplished that. You yeah. know, I got through that tr- exactly. trial or struggle. Yeah. And, you know, I talk with my boys about it quite a lot now because they're at an age now where they can say, I don't want to do this mm. or, oh, I don't like the idea of this. And I always say, Mindsets, Ave. Like, you know, 100%. if we go at these things with a positive mindset, 100%. I might enjoy today. Yeah. I might enjoy and you this. you can make the best out of it, right? Yes. And I think that's so important mm. at the end of the day. So, yeah, I mean, it's a simple switch, you know, in what we say to ourselves that can really change the way we look at our situations. Mm. And also being a positive person around other people, it is infectious. Yeah. And you can make their day better just by you know, bringing out that positivity as well. Uh, You also started Rach Reflects and you talked about how you regularly take this time to reflect each and every day. Why do you think it's important to do this? Because, Angela, I truly believe that we do not learn from our experiences. Mm. We learn from our reflected experiences. Two persons can go through the exact same situation circumstance and experience but why is it that one person you know comes out victorious and one person comes out maybe victimizing themselves Mm. and I truly believe that at the end of the day the person that you know has reflected who has learned who has picked themselves up and who has decided to make the best out of this unfortunate circumstance is the one that will thrive and succeed in life right I do believe at the end of the day reflection is so important that's why you know I made a commitment to myself, which scared me. You know, in the beginning of the year, I made a commitment to myself that from 1st of January, every Sunday of the year, I'm going to come out to share on my on my social media platform something that I've learned, something that I've been thinking about, something that a quote I've been pondering about, a podcast I've been listening to that has really impacted me, or a book I've been reading that I would really love to, love to share. And I, th- I just really wanted to come out to share with everyone that if... 
Okay. Firstly, because maybe people perceive that, oh, as the co-founder of Love Bonito, you have built the business over the last 15 years. Um, you know, you might know it all and things mm. like that. But for it's me, easy. it's easy. You know, <laughs> no. you don't understand what we're going to do. But for yeah. me, I really want to come out to be the first to raise my hand to say that I am still constantly learning, unlearning, mm. relearning. I'm still constantly growing. There's so much more that I don't know. Mm. And... At the end of the day, expanding my mind and constantly reflecting, growing is my number one priority. I don't claim to know it all at all. And that's why, you know, um, every Sunday I come out to share very openly and honestly about things that I've been thinking about, I've been going through and to share my experiences from it, hoping that it will inspire someone out there that, you know, to learn to thirst uh, for for, for growth. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so important because so many of us, we... Like I said, right? Like so many of us, we take growth and learning for granted or we think that, oh, because I've graduated from school, learning or education stops. But mm. no, in fact, you know, it's so important for us to continuously learn, grow, evolve, get better and live our potential. So that's why I started Rich Reflex, um, where every Sunday I share. And once a month, I made a commitment to bring on board a thought leader to share and learn from about a certain topic, a certain concept that I've I, I personally want to learn too. So mm. in January, I had Adam Grant and that's when I knew, oh my God, there's no turning back. Once I start something and made a promise to my community, I have to follow through. So we have had people like Adam Grant, um, Bill Burnett, who came out to give a workshop about, about designing our lives, being intentional. Um, um, you know, even girls that invest to talk about financial literacy, the importance of financial wellness and why we should think about it more and spend more time uh, behind it. Uh, so topics like that that I personally am so interested in learning and growing mm. um, uh, from and that's why, yeah, I think that was why I started Rich Reflex to grow with the community. So finally, can you give us any insights as to what's next for you and Love Benito? Yeah, I'm really excited to see, you know, how I am going to continue to evolve and also to, um, beyond Love Bonito, also build, you know, Rich Reflex and use my personal platform to um, reach out to more women. And of course, for Love Bonito, right, we are so excited for what's ahead for us. Over the last decade, I think we have done a great job in trying to, uh, in, in journeying with the women and using fashion as a vehicle for us to reach out to women. We truly believe that at the end of the day, we are not in the business of fashion, but we're ultimately in the business of women. So two things, right? We want to expand further in terms of markets to reach out to more Asian women out there um, and expanding into key international markets um, like Hong Kong, Japan, Philippines and the US. That's something we're really excited about. Uh, and also, I think also expanding beyond fashion, you know, uh, into new verticals. So stay tuned for that. Something that's really exciting that's also brewing for us this year is LB Create. Uh, and LB Create is our social impact program, which we launched last year to really give back to the communities uh, and to really support them through their journeys as well. So this year, we will launch our first ever in-house designed and, and, and written in-house children's book. 
book called Lily the Lioness and Friends, which really talks about, you know, the power of community, the power of banding together, the power of supporting each other through our ups and downs. Um, it is also, you know, um, a book which features our very own female first animal characters. So I'm really excited for that. And I think that's something internally we're also really excited about because uh, we want to continue to support organisations that deliver girls' education programs in APEC and we are a proud supporter of Room to Read with, um, with, with this mission. So yeah, really something that we're all excited about. I have three questions I like to ask all the guests yeah. as we complete the episode. Uh, the first one is best parenting moment that you can remember. Wow, best parenting moment that I can remember. Uh, disciplining Ollie. I don't know, because, Angela, you have to know that my husband is such a softie to Ollie. And so he he himself, I always believe that, you know, he, he can't bring himself to discipline Ollie at this stage. And I believe in correcting a child gently or, or meeting them where they're at and correcting them and mm. guiding them to, you know, a different behaviour. And so I, I guess for me, it's also while I involuntarily took on this role as the discipline, uh, the disciplinarian of the family. Um, but I think it's been such a joy to be able to watch Ollie learn mm. as I tune into him and meet him where he's at. Um, and, and I think that's been something that's been really fulfilling for me. Yeah, so far. And then what about the worst parenting moment that you can remember? Worst parenting moment? I think it's hard because, you know, as you can as you can imagine, and I'm only 20 months old as a mom, but I think um, when you really see them cry, for example, sleep training was really oh, tough. Yeah. Um, um, you know, you see him cry his lungs out. And firstly, I have to, you know, manage that my emotions my emotions and secondly my husband is also crying beside me so I have another thing to manage <laughs> and I'm literally holding him back from going into the room to yeah. you know to 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 ruin the, the sleep training there, so <laughs> yeah so I think that for me it's also yeah learning to be firm and not give in Yes. When, 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 when I truly believe that you know I need to follow through, because as you know, right, kids they take on your cues very easy. If you're not consistent, if you don't yes. practice what you preach, they immediately let on to that, and it will maybe go haywire. So I guess that's it's been difficult, but it's also something I'm learning to yeah hold out for. What's one thing you wish you knew as a parent before you had Ollie? You know, a lot of times when women get pregnant uh, and women give birth. Everyone celebrates the birth of the child and the first child especially. Mm. And of course, we all should. But one thing that we neglect is also the birth of a mother. When a child is born, so is a mother and no one talks enough about that. Mm. And I wish that... And that's why today when, when I... After going through it myself, you know, when I have friends that are giving birth for the first time, expecting their first child, I really spend more time also, you know, to like checking in on them, yes. how they're feeling, you know. It's not just about at the hospital when they just give birth, like, oh, you know, gush over the baby. Yes, of course, there's a place in hand for that. But also, I think the mother's neglected in that sense where, what are you going through? Are you, how are you feeling? Mm. How are you navigating through this, you know? And it's a completely new role and responsibility that no one talks about enough. No, no one gives enough credit for or attention for so 
yeah, I wish I had known or at least, you know, understood that the moment a child is born, so is a mother. Mm. And what does a mother mean? You know, and it's an ongoing life, life journey. So I guess that's something that, yeah, I wish I'd known earlier. Rachel, it's been such a pleasure having you on the podcast today. Thank you so much. Thank you, Angela. A big thank you to Rachel for our chat today. I am now joined by our Honey Kids editor, Kate, to talk to us a little about what else we can find on our site. Thanks, Ange. Hi, everyone. Kate here. Yeah, there's more content for you to check out on the site. So first up, I've shared my take on why I think self-care is the ultimate holy grail for all months. And if you're feeling inspired by the episode today, we've got a great article on 53 ideas and self-care tips for every month. Also, don't forget to check out more of our conversations with Rachel, where she's sharing her tips on how to achieve that oh-so-tricky work-life balance. Thanks, Kate. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode of Growing Pains. Thank you for listening and we will see you next time.